Greetings, my friends. Welcome to Hardwater Radio. This is Jason Archer. We are recording under the umbrella of Hardwater One here in the Valley of the Sun. Our goal with this podcast and this company is to arm humans with the tools to crush mediocrity, create mastery, and live in total wellness. And today we continue that tradition with a gentleman named AJ Richards. Now, most of you guys will know AJ from his days hosting the Rush Club competition that was so popular here in the state and in the region. But if you don't know AJ, go back and listen to the previous episode because this is going to be a continuation of that. This is actually part two of that interview. We went about two hours, so I decided to break it up into two pieces. And in that first piece, AJ gets really vulnerable with a lot of the things going on in his life. He gets very transparent with some of the things that he was going through, and there are a ton of nuggets that you guys can pick up on. If you're ready to jump into this particular episode, we're going to go a little bit deeper with energetic work, plant medicine, and what that means in terms of expansion. So sit back, relax, and I'm going to drop you guys right back into that conversation. Right. And so you've mentioned purpose a couple of times Mm -hmm. in in that discussion. So, um, you know, a lot of times when I'm looking around, just observing people, right, I see people sort of kind of you know, just kind of sleepwalking through their day. And I wonder, I wonder if there's a glimmer of purpose in their lives. And then I talk to people and I find out really a lot of times there isn't. It's just, you know, you wake up in the morning, you do what you're programmed to do. You follow the programs in your head. You come home, you go to sleep, you do it all over again the next day. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like helping people find that purpose, because it's not just vets, it's not just, you know, people who've been put in combat situations or stressful situations, first responders, policemen, whatever. You know, a lot of people are experiencing that. How do you help someone see, you know what, hey, you can do more with your life, you know? Yeah. How do you help them see that they can have a purpose? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, one of my mentors shared with me a process of forgiving yourself and creating a new declaration mm. of who you are. Forgiving yourself for what? A lot of people say this, yeah. but what does that mean? Um, in this context, it's forgiving yourself for everything that you say bad about yourself. Okay. When that internal dialogue, when that voice is just running all day long, you're saying things about yourself. If you're late to work, I'm such an idiot. I should have set my alarm. If you didn't complete something, man, I'm not reliable. I never get this done on time. Or if you um, didn't eat the way you were supposed to eat that day, man, I'm just, I'm just not good enough for this. Whatever it is, any t- all day long, we do things. We let ourselves down all day long, all day long, all day long. That's because like Jock... Like uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza says, the moment you open your eyes, 95% of what you're thinking happened yesterday. And so until you do things to start transforming that, it's going to keep being that way. And so the process that I learned was uh, the first step is you write a list of every single thing you tell yourself about yourself that's negative. I'm an idiot. I'm ugly. I'm not smart. I'm not sexy. I'm fat. I'm whatever. Um, And it came with a warning. Don't let anybody ever read it because they'll take your shoelaces away. <laughs> right. And, and what's the reality is everybody's walking around with it. You're just the only one who bothered putting it on paper. Right. And so you go through every nook and cranny of your life and it's a process. It's not all going to happen at once, but you get as much out of the paper as you can. And then you go through and systematically forgive yourself for judging yourself as that and then create a new meaning around it. So I forgive myself for judging myself as I am overshadowed, right? Because most people don't know this. I never belonged on the Rush Club stage mentally. And I belonged on the Rush Club stage as the MC. So I'm overshadowed. I'm not good enough, whatever it was. The new truth is I am the light. Now, your brain, your subconscious hears, sees things in pictures. And so your subconscious is the crew, your conscious is the captain. So I'm going to audibly, through the process of auto-suggestion, this comes from Napoleon Hill's writings, Mm -hmm. through the form of auto-suggestion, I'm going to repeat out loud all of my... So you forgive yourself for everything and you put it into something that makes sense so that it becomes your mantra. It becomes your declaration. And then from there, I say that every single morning out loud so that my, my crew can hear it. Listen up, guys. I'm the captain. I'm telling you how we're going to be. And then I say it every night. So the first thing that happens in the morning when 95% of yesterday's thoughts try to creep in, I'm overriding it audibly with who I am. And then before I close my eyes and go to bed and start being influenced by my REM state, if I have any control over that, and I don't know a lot about the science there, but the last thing I'm going to do is not scroll through social media 
it's going to be saying my declaration again. I'm going to start my day and end my day with who I am, mm-hmm. who I create me to be. Yes. Because the only reason I am who I am now is because of experiences of my life that nobody helped me clean up. Well, as soon as you realize that you have power over that, it's up to you. And it's, you know, it's simple in description. It's not in execution. So when I learned this, I learned this process probably in 2016 and I learned it and then I didn't do it. I did a little bit. I didn't do it. And then when everything started going the way it did to the end of, towards the end of last year, I recommitted myself to it and my whole life has shifted around it. So Mm -hmm. when I'm going bankrupt and everything's falling apart and I felt bad for myself for those two days and I said, I thought to myself, all the shit you've been reading and even all the shit you've spoken to others, none of it matters unless you're willing to use it when you actually need to use it. Like it's all just BS. I mean, really, it's all just, these are all just words thrown out into ether. And until somebody actually applies it to the betterment of themselves or others, it doesn't matter. Napoleon Hill's books don't matter. Dr. Joseph Spence, it doesn't matter. I mean, you name it, none of it matters until it gets applied by those hearing it. It's just stuff. And so I said, you bought, you bought into it. You even share it. So what are you going to do about it? And so then I said, okay, who am I going to show up as? And so I'm going to show up as that person I believe in. And so I did, I kept showing up that way. And next thing I know, I got a message. Uh, I reached, you know, which meant I had clarity for new opportunities. Mm-hmm. I wasn't wallowing in self-pity. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking, well, Chris Powell had created this app called transform. I got to coach Chris Powell on season three and four. I was the boot camp location. So I had a connection there. I knew him. I messaged him on Instagram. I said, Hey bro, you ever thought about white labeling your app so that guys like me can hire, can get clients and just use the app to coach him. And he goes, man, we're thinking about that. Blah, blah, you know, and I kept sending him these messages with ideas around his platform. And finally they said, why don't you come meet with us? Come talk to us. We might have a job for you. And I'm like, okay, great. And I just think about if the person I showed up as on social media or whatever, like boohoo, poor me, blah, blah, blah. I would have never had an, first of all, I wouldn't have seen it. I wouldn't have had the wherewithal to go look for it. And second of all, if I did, and they would have went and saw what I was up to, how I was showing up for people, I would have never had the opportunity. So it all came down to how I showed up in this negative time, right? That's beautiful. Like yeah. at the end of the day though, like how would you, like you're obviously being very vulnerable here and I yeah. greatly appreciate that. Mm-hmm. My um, pleasure. You're putting all the stories aside, getting out there, sharing yeah. the bankruptcy piece, the, a lot of the failures. Yep. And you know, I know you've had a lot of successes along the way too. So it's not all gloom and doom folks. No, but, no. Um, the thing that's interesting to me is you're drawing the distinction between knowing the information and living the information. Yes. Right. And so if I were to creep up on AJ back in the day when you knew it, but weren't living it, what would I see? You would see me talking a lot and not doing (laughs) how many of those guys, you know, right. You would see me, you would see me giving advice and then not applying it in my own life. Mm -hmm. No wonder I went bankrupt. Mm. The best thing I ever did in my life was open the gym. The second best thing that ever happened to me in my life was to have to go bankrupt and deal with it. Mm. So yeah, amazing. my bankruptcies, the failures of the things I have done, I would even say on a level, the failure, well, actually not on a level, the failure of rush club. And I say failure, it's not a failure. Mm. I say it, it folded as a business entity, but it taught me the most it could have ever done. And I've heard from other people that how their lives have gone on because of it, it was a success and it didn't go where it could have because I wasn't doing everything I could have all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. That would have, mm-hmm. that's what you would have seen. Like I was, I wasn't all in. Mm. Yeah. Were you, did you find yourself just juggling too much or you, did you have a lack of focus or just a lack of desire? Lack of like, focus for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm juggling way more now where I'm at and okay. I've got, it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I can handle it all. Mm-hmm. It was, it had, it was an awakening though that was required. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm clear on that. Um, so it was definitely just not putting into practice the things I was saying or reading. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you were going through this process and you're building these businesses as an entrepreneur myself, I can tell you that it's not easy on the finances, right? It's not easy on the relationships. And you mentioned your relationship with your wife was strained at times, Mm -hmm. you know, how did you guys, you know, choose to come together and stay together or are you still working through that process now? Yeah, that's a great question. We, my wife and I are in a better place than we've ever been. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been a, so my wife is perfect. You know, she, 
she is um, the best person I could have ever ended up with because of the level of patience she has for me trying to develop into something um, more than me. And I say this for me personally, but more than me just going to a nine to five Mm -hmm. because I could never, I mean, I could, but that's just not who I am. And so to take a high, to to be married to a high school dropout that has a very narrow view of the world and be patient enough to have me go through all of that stuff and step out on her almost, Mm -hmm. by the way, and I'm totally open to, I've shared that before for her to stick around and see what I was capable of and not go anywhere. My wife's amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, the only, if anytime I get frustrated with her is only because she could get more out of this life if she, when she starts to discover this and and she is, she's, she's, um, my wife's not as cerebral as I am, right? We're way different in that sense. I'm all about this whole holistic like way of being and, you know, plant medicine and like, what can I learn from the energy of the universe and, you know, like that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. she's just like, nothing about it. (laughs) And so part of me is just like, you're, but, but what you're missing, but that's for her. That's not for me to say. Sure. And so aside from that, my wife is excellent. I mean, she's amazing. And, um, so yeah, we're, we're good. And it took a lot to get here. I mean, it took 15 years of almost not making it. We've been together. My wife, we married, I was 19. I was 20. She was 19. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, we are, we've only slept with each other, mm-hmm. right? Like I told you, I'm an open book. Like yeah. th- she's everything. I don't know anything outside of her. It's amazing. And I'm grateful for that. So when I, I mentioned I almost stepped out on her, I never ended up sleeping with the woman, um, but I was going to leave my wife for her. Mm. I mean, I even had my, um, my kids taking out of the, out of the home on Sunday wow. morning before she woke up so I could sit her down and tell her. Jesus, man. Mm-hmm. Where was your head when you were thinking this, this line of thought? Uh, that's what happens when you know, and you don't do anything. Mm. That's exactly what it left. The other thing you would see. Right. So this was, like I said, this was after the forum. And but, the, I'm yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, but at the same time, right, there had to be some sort of, uh, impetus for this, right? Like, mm-hmm. y- y- you know, after the forum, before the forum, whatever, right. The work is the work and yep. it's never done. But that's right. at the end of the day, you know, you guys obviously weren't clicking. No, right? I'm a very sexual person and she's not. Okay. And so that was the disconnect. Gotcha. And, and because I'm, because of all the stories that I've collected, mm-hmm. being a very sexual person and being with somebody who's not, and by the way, only having been with her and not having any con, like, you know, there's a lot of stories that you can make sure. up about that <laughs> yeah. in your own head. Yeah. For sure. And it is in just in my own head. And now it's, I am, it's a blessing to us both that we have only experienced each other because it's perfect. Mm. There is no comparison. Right. So for us, it's perfect. Um, and that's where it was at. Huge disconnect around intimacy. So were you feeling like you just hadn't experienced enough? Like you I wanted, was feeling like I was never going to get what I wanted. Gotcha. That's what it was. Gotcha. With my wife, I was never going to get the intimacy I was looking for. Mm, I see. I'm so glad I hung on because that's not the way it is anymore. <laughs> that's great, man. I'm glad she forgave me for my transgression. So essentially, the, the kids got taken out of the house. I had, cre- again, the power of the mind. I had created a story so strong that mm-hmm. when I sat her down, she was going to look at me and say, good, me too. Really? Mm. I was t- I was dead set on that's how it was going to go. Really? Yes. You had decided it was, it was oh, done. Oh, yeah. When I'm, I'm yeah. like, this is going to be easy because she's so mad at me and we hate each other that I'm going <laughs> to tell her I want a divorce and she's going to say, great, me too. Mm. And it's just going to be over. No. My wife crumbled. Really? Crumbled. Wow. And she looked at me and said, you're breaking my heart. And that phrase lifted every story that I had created about our relationship. And... She was broken and I was broken and I drove away and I called the other person because we, she was going to talk to her husband. I was going to talk to my wife and we were going to be done and we were going to go on with life together. And, uh, again, only by the grace of God did it never get physical. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so afraid of the, of the commandment of adultery. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) that's what it was like. Really? That was my fear. I ain't doing any of this because we're going to do it air quotes, we're going to do it the right way. Right. Go 10 commandments, right? That's right. We're going to do this the <laughs> right way. And we're going to leave each other's spouses so we could be together forever. Cause we sure. know this is who we're supposed to be with. God's going to ordain this. Everybody I know is going to be totally good for it. Sure. And uh, sh- then she crumbled mm. and I went, 
you fucking bastard. And I was like, what the hell did you do? Mm. And so then I just, I, I drove away. I just had to leave. Cause now all of a sudden my, what I had done to her and my family was clear and that sucked. And so I drove away, found a parking lot and I prayed and that gave me the courage to, uh, complete things with this other person and work on completing it with my wife. And so from there we started the process of completing our life. And then I, um, but wait, there's more, (laughs) but I didn't tell her I'm sharing this because if you're listening, I want you to know that you cannot without integrity, nothing works without integrity, nothing works. And if you think that being out of integrity in one area of your life has nothing to do with another area, you're totally wrong because the crew up between your ears is still running the show and everywhere you show up. Mm -hmm. And so if you're out of integrity in one area of your life, guess what? You're somebody who is out of integrity. Right. And so when I say we're going to be the next UFC, my subconscious is like, bullshit, you're not doing the things you're supposed to over here. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like exactly what you mean. My own worst enemy. And so I'm, I'm sharing the details of this because my suffering, my transgressions, my learning, my wife and I, what we've gone through, we um, know it can make an impact on others. Sure. And we actually had a podcast for a short time um, that I think it's still up uh, where we shared all this anyway. And she got to share more from her perspective on this too. It was called Marriage Goals Podcast. So if it's still up and you want to go listen about 12, 13 episodes, go for it. But um, anyway, so I didn't tell her why. I just told her. She, so for all she knew, I was just unhappy. And you didn't tell her why you were unhappy and I didn't left? Tell, or you yeah. didn't tell her about the other woman? I didn't tell her about the other, nothing. Okay. I just okay. left. And I mm. came back and I said, let's work on it. Mm. And then I spent from, this was, this was in December, all the way until August of the next year, trying to make her so mad at me that she would divorce me. Mm. I didn't know that's what I was doing until I did another landmark course, <laughs> Jeez, but I didn't know I was doing that. Mm-hmm. And what I discovered was it's because I didn't want to have to clean up my integrity. I didn't want to open that can of worms again and tell my wife why I actually wanted to leave her because mm-hmm. I didn't want to hurt her again, but it was incomplete. We would never, ever move on. You think it's buried? It's not. Your life is stunted. The growth of development of yourself is stunted until you have cleaned up your messes. 100%. Yeah. And my wife would have never found out and I would have been stuck with who knows what kind of life. Mm-hmm. And we might have ended up divorced because I was an asshole trying to not let her know what happened. I was just being a jerk. Just little things. Not, you know, just, just little stuff all the time. Causing arguments, whatever. Just in the back of my head, not knowing it, hoping she'd be like, fuck you, I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so... I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. It's just weakness. Weakness. Across the board. Yep. Yeah. And so then I went to a program with Landmark called the Introduction Leadership Program. And it's a seven-month course. And the very first weekend, the distinction that you learn is integrity mm-hmm. and how without integrity, nothing works. And as soon as they said it, all of that came back. This was August of the following year. And I, at the first break, I was sick to my stomach. Like I knew at the, right off the bat, I'm like, oh, shit, this is where it comes up again. And I, so I went up, I talked to the, the, uh, introduction leadership program leader. And I said, Hey Wes, here's what I've got. And I was so hoping he'd be like, yeah, it's in the past, you know? (laughs) And I said, and he goes, well, you know what you got to do. And I was like, I do. (laughs) And he goes, yeah. And I said, okay, so I'll do that when I get home. And he goes, no, why are you waiting? I said, well, shouldn't I do it in person? He goes, what for? You need to complete it. Like, you know, I was trying to get out of it and who knows or whatever. It was the worst night of my life that night, calling her and reopening that can of worms, but then telling her why. Mm-hmm. And her knowing it was somebody that we were friends with. Wow. Her and her husband. And we would go on double dates with, and the jokes would be made, you guys could never be married, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that kind of relationship with these other people. And it's complete. Today, it's totally complete. Matter of fact, a year after that, they were back in the gym training for a while. Mm-hmm. My wife was like, well, um, you know, it came out later that she wasn't, totally fine with all of that, which, which was fine. It, it all, it, it, you know, what matters to her what is what matters to me, but it came out from her that she wasn't okay with that completely, but she was complete with it. She had a few conversations with the girl and like she, she was complete and I'm complete. And now, like I said, 
our relationships like it, well, like I thought it was never possible of having. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I take a lot from that story. There's so many lessons in that, but the biggest one is, you know, for me, it's how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. You know, there's no hiding from you at the right. end of the day. Um, but tell me a little bit about what you mean when you say complete mm-hmm. and then tell me a little bit about what you mean when you say integrity. Mm-hmm. I think, um, the integrity one is one that a lot of folks struggle with. Yeah. So, um, well, complete means if it's mentioned, it doesn't bring up anything. Mm. Complete means all parties that were wronged conversations have had, had, ha- have happened to restore integrity. So okay. completion means you're back in integrity in that area. That's what it means to be complete. And integrity means, you know, I read an article recently. It was really good. Um, it, it's sort of like the breakdown of integrity and I'll just really paraphrase it, but people combine, um, morals, ethics, and integrity. And the problem is morals and ethics have a, this or that, mm-hmm. this versus this. And usually it's the construct of the, of the culture that you're in, right? Morals and integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, morals and, um, ethics, ethics, right and wrong, right and do wrong. this, don't do yeah, that. Right. Yeah. But it can be changed based off where you live Sure. or what you, how you're, what, you know, whatever, or the circumstances or the circumstances. Right. Integrity should be seen as like the laws of physics. Mm. It's a law. You either are in integrity or you're not. You know, if I drop my sunglasses, they're going to fall on the table. It's just how it's going to work. Gravity has integrity. You can't get around it. There are areas of our life where we try to diminish or create this loophole. And a lot of times business will do it. Well, whatever has the less impact on my bottom line, we're in integrity. No, no. You said you were going to do it this way. So therefore you do it and you eat it to be in integrity. So that's, that's how I understand integrity. Mm-hmm. So inside the context of a human being, right? You mentioned this yeah. earlier. We're talking about the mind, the brain, mm-hmm. we're talking about internal versus external. Do you see integrity as an alignment of those things? Like your inside matches your outside? Yes. Yeah, it needs yeah. to be. And yeah. it, and you know, nobody's perfect. So it's, are you aware of where your weaknesses are and are you working on them? Mm-hmm. And are you committed that as soon as you discover a new one that you're going to go to work on it? Mm-hmm. We're here to, you know, uh, a really good friend of mine, Chris Ty Maldodista. Um, he's a local here in Phoenix, but he, I love what he says that it's all practice. The sooner you just accept that this whole experience is practice and it's not about commitment, but it's about recommitment, then you'll be on the right track. Then, then you're not going to think that you have to always be perfect or that if you fail, it's something that was wrong with you. No, I need to practice. That also gives you the freedom to get up and keep going. Yeah. But how cool is that though? Right? Because in a sense, it takes all the pressure away. Yeah. Right. When you realize that, Hey, you know what? It's just another rep. Yes. I'm putting in another rep. I'm on my way to mastery. Yes. And I may never get there, but I'm on my way. It's not about the result. It's exactly about the practice. practice. Yeah. There's so much freedom in that. Yeah. 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 Is that something that you've had to sort of play with a little bit? I mean, it seems, sounds like you've accepted a lot of mm-hmm. what most people would air quote tough things. Yeah. Um, I, I had to, pl- so if I was to say I have to play with it now, it's only because I'm playing with things that I'm not clear are connected to that. Mm. Um, and because I'm constantly seeking for that, they usually don't escape me for very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So before we keep going, I should probably ask you if you have a hard out. I'm being inconsiderate of your time. Oh, no, I, I don't actually. You so did? we can keep going. All right, sweet. Yeah. So um, here's a good question. So let's talk a little bit about how a young LDS man ends up in the plant medicine world. All right. Yeah, that's a great segue. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Perfect. I'm so glad you said it that way. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. dude. So uh, you mentioned this uh, off mic, obviously. Yeah. And um, obviously we've had similar personal development stories. You've taken an added step, jumped into the plant medicine world. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to talk to uh, Jared Smith last week about yeah. his journey. I know you've connected with him as well. Yeah. And so all of you guys are kind of pointing me in this direction and I'm curious beyond belief. And so I'm interested in knowing a, how you decided to go down this path. And then let's talk a little bit about your experience. Yeah. So, um, I had heard about it through, uh, Mike Bledsoe, of barbell shrugged. Yep. Um, Mike and I met through rush club. And so we've been friends and acquaintances for a while. And, um, it was so weird. One day I was in my house and I'm just thinking, I want to learn more about plant medicine. Right. Cause the context for me was like, those are drugs. 
Exactly. And you shouldn't do drugs. <laughs> that's exactly the program I have. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and sure. that's exactly what was there for me. And I'm like, and I at least want to look into it. And so I text him and I said, Mike, I'm interested in learning more about plant medicine. And while I'm texting him, I'm listening to a Joe Rogan podcast where he's interviewing Amber Lyons, who created a website called reset.me where they've got so much information about plant medicine on there. And I'd never heard the term ayahuasca or San Pedro. And I get this text back from Mike. Awesome. Doug and I are on our way to Peru next week to do ayahuasca in San Pedro. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool. I thought it was a location. Sure. I did not know. Actually, I knew what ayahuasca, no. No, I didn't know what either was because I was like, sweet. That was my reply. Awesome. And I was kind of like, now tell me about plant medicine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And as I'm texting, I hear Joe. I had no idea the story I clicked on. I just wanted to listen to Joe Rogan. And I might have wanted to listen to psychedelics, but as soon as I, he texts that and I said, right after I heard him say ayahuasca and San Pedro on the podcast, and I'm like, what? Talk about signs, right? Dude, totally. I was like, oh. You know. uh, I didn't end up doing ayahuasca for years, till years later, mm-hmm. but I had heard somebody else I knew do it. They wouldn't tell me who they did it with. I was so disappointed. It was like pulling teeth to try to understand. I ran into Chris Ty at an event and I, and we just started talking and I discovered he was the guy that was connecting people, you know, at that time. And I was like, Oh, you're the guy he was talking to. He's like, yeah, you should come with us. And I'm like, yes. So I went and it was a three, uh, Chris had created this, Chris created this first experience. So we, we knew the shaman and we went to that, but we also did, um, combo sapo, which is the frog medicine unbelievable. And, uh, we did, I'm gonna pull a picture while we're talking. We did combo sapo and then we did uh, Wim Hof mm. breathing. So night one was ayahuasca in the morning was combo sapo. And then, and then, um, Wim Hof. This was my first experience, anything psychedelic. And when you back up ayahuasca and combo sapo and Wim Hof, dude, like I was on like a crash course to, breakthroughs for sure. I mean, I had the biggest breakdown of my life, but anyway, so that's how I got connected to us through, through him. Okay. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about that. Because, you sure. know, a lot of people talk about the breakthrough. They talk about being able to separate from themselves in a way. Yeah. I've heard people tell me about visuals that they've seen. Yes. Um, so I'm interested, what was your experience when mm-hmm. you first did that ayahuasca experience? I think a lot of people think that, you know, it's like uh, recreational drug use because yeah, no. they don't understand how it works. Yeah. Like, there's a price that has to be paid for what you receive. There's the purge, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's all these, th- there's work that goes into making it a reality. So what was your experience? Yeah. Like? So let me show you this real quick. That's my reaction to combo sapo. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We got it. You got to send me this photo. Okay, this doesn't even look like you. Nope. It looks like you went 10 rounds with Tyson. Yep. They call it frog face. Wow. And uh, so that was after detoxing Damn. from, from, toxins and stuff. My tears were wow. orange. That's insanity. And they're just like, and nobody's, they've never seen anybody with orange tears. And all I could think of is just stress being like, like cortisol. That's what cortisol looks like. Probably orange from your tears. <laughs> no science back to that, but just what I felt. First of all, I should say that here's my belief so that people understand why I'm pursuing this. Mm-hmm. If it grows naturally and it doesn't need, uh, it doesn't need manipulated by man. It doesn't have to have anything added to it or taken away from it or whatever. Ayahuasca itself is the combination of a vine and a specific leaf in the Amazon jungle. How many freaking vines and leaves are in the jungle that somebody just happened to come across Mm -hmm. and the combination of which gave you these incredible insights to yourself and healing? Right. You, you, there's no campaign you could put together to convince me that there wasn't an intention for that on this planet. So does that mean in that context, you would be anti the synthetic form of DMT? Um, so in the beginning I was certainly, and I'm still not sure. Um, and with that said, I have participated in that. Um, and I will tell you that the synthetic didn't give me what I thought, what, what I've read about. Mm -hmm. So I, I am much more interested in the natural So that's a good question. Um, I'm being very cautious on what I'll allow myself to experiment with because there are things out there that I have no reason to experiment with that are meant for, I don't know that they necessarily help things Mm -hmm. like heroin and, you know, uh, um, 
cocaine and things like that. I just don't know that there's, it's not that I, I do know there's no value for me in those things, mm-hmm. right? It has to have some sort of divine connection or divine purpose for me to even have a desire to experience. Sure. Um, so yeah, so for the most part, that's pretty much what it means. Got it. So mm-hmm. back to your experience, yes. right? Yep. So let's walk us through that first uh, yeah. sort of experience that you had with the ayahuasca. Yeah, so my first night was the worst night of my entire life, literally. Um, I drank about a cup full, their, their cup. So I, you know, maybe it was a, a um, three quarters of a cup is probably what it worked out to be if I was to measure it. Mm-hmm. I went and sat down and sat down for about an hour Everybody's sitting in a circle. The shaman is, if, if you're in an environment where it's um, um, traditional, which I highly recommend, don't just go sit with somebody who's, you know, in a room with fluorescent lights and pl- push and play on a recorder. You're going to just, that's ridiculous. So this person that was leading it had been doing this for 30 years. Mm. He's, you know. So there's a lot of trust there. 70 something years old. It's been, it's been his life's work. Gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, um, I drank, I sat down, the Echidos, which is the prayer started. Hour later, they asked if anybody wanted seconds, and I said me, because nothing was happening. And I was telling myself in my head, this is a this is a trick. It's my first psychedelic experience, right? So I'm like, this is BS. It's all like made up, and people are only going there because it's suggestive and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, how I was wrong. <laughs> so... I went out to the bathroom. I come back in. The candle's lit, and they're offering seconds. So I'm like, sure. So I sat down, and I took a, a half of what I had before. And I sat down, and they started the Equidos again. And I was, like, middle. So it's a circle, and I was at the top. Like, if, if, the, if the shaman's at the 6 o'clock position, I'm at the 12 o'clock position. And they distributed it, or they had people partake in order, right? So 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, all the way around. Mm-hmm. That person at the, six, at the 7 o'clock position started purging. Mm. And I was like... Oh, snap. (laughs) And then the person at the eight o'clock started purging and I was like, oh, snap. And it just got closer and like person, like perfectly in the order that people partook, Mm. it got closer to me. And as soon as it went to that person right next to me and it got to the 12 o'clock, all of a sudden I felt it and I started purging. And for the next five hours, I purged harder than I've ever purged in my entire, when I say purge, it's not just vomit. It is vomit. And there is certainly an energy clearing mm. that's happening. And I purged so much so I was begging for mercy out loud, writhing on the ground. I don't know why. I know it was just dark. That's all I know. Were you in pain at this point? Um, probably more mental pain than physical pain. Okay. That came later. So um, the shaman and his wife came over and they spent the next hour praying just over me. And I thought they were, because the shaman controls the energy. So the the shaman partakes. What they do is unbelievable. It's out of this world. Because every time I go in to think that I would be singing Ekados and leading the ceremony in that state, like that's special. That's Mm -hmm. why you need to, if you're ever going to experience this, you need to do it in a traditional environment with somebody who's got the experience. Because there's, it's sacred. That's the problem. If you take something, you turn it not sacred anymore. You, um, it still has it, but only for those who go and seek it in the right environment. You're mm-hmm. not going to pull it out just because you go do it in some fluorescent building. Right. It doesn't leave the earth, but you're not going to get what was possible for you. I don't feel. So anyway, praying over me for about an hour and I thought they were going to help calm me down. Nope. He's in there with you. Not, I didn't see him. It wasn't like I felt his presence in there. I just knew he was there physically. Um, and he would intensify the equidos, and then he would bring it down, whatever he felt needed to be done. And so sometimes I'd be like, oh, thank goodness. Cause the higher his equidos, the prayers would be, the more intense it would be. And I'd be like, please stop, please stop mercy. Like I'm, and I wasn't asking him. I remember I was asking the, whatever that energy was mm. to give me a break anyway. So it was a long, long night. And when it ended, it was probably about one or two o'clock in the morning. Everybody in the room was like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't know. Like it was traumatic. I had no idea if I was okay. And I knew I threw my back out from purging. Really? Yeah, I couldn't wow. sleep. So everybody fell asleep and I was just in so much pain. Fortunately, somebody was there with us that is um, like a myofascial release and stretch therapy professional. And so she stretched me out the next morning and it felt, it, it healed it, made it, you know, loosened it up. But it was rough. 
Um, and so other than being miserable, I don't recall anything. So mm. it is not recreational. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> hey bro, let's get together and do it. No, <laughs> nope, not interested. Thanks. Definitely I'll pass not. it. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and I think that because of that, because of the reverence that's required, it doesn't, it isn't at that point. Okay. You know, I think when it gets abused, it's by people trying to make a buck mm-hmm. because it's the thing everybody's talking about. Right. But, it, and, and so they're misleading others, but others aren't getting together just to, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And so, um, that was the first night, night two, I was super nervous going in. So I took half the dose and, um, I don't remember anything from it other than it was not as intense, but still pretty intense. I think it was more just because I'm being, being new to letting go of control. Mm-hmm. That was scary for me. Okay giving up control of my thoughts in my mind. I could see that. Yeah, not for because sure. I was afraid of what I would see, but because I didn't want to not be in control. But you were physically out of control that first night. Yeah. Oh yeah. I couldn't yeah. have stopped the purging yeah. if I wanted. Exactly. Yeah. In, in the state of ayahuasca, I relate it to like, you know, everything around you isn't actually happening, mm-hmm. but you feel it. Right. So there's this weird balance of knowing that it's not happening and feeling like it's actually happening. And it, and the feeling is as strong as you knowing that it's not. So there's, I think that's without being an expert. I mean, I've only done this four times. So if anybody's listening, I'm sharing my experience, but I think there's that balance of your awareness and why you can take it and have it heal you and help you long-term because it wasn't just this thing you were never present to. Like, it's all very clear. Are you referring to like the like the physical discomfort that you were experiencing mm-hmm. that first night and then even going into that second night? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Or anything you're to? seeing, any visuals. It's like, okay, I okay. know I'm writhing on the ground and nothing's actually hurting me, but I'm hurting. Gotcha. Yeah. Kind of like that. So when did the visuals come into play for you? The visuals came into play the third night. So the second night was... So you went three nights in a row. Three nights in a row. Okay. The second night was pretty crazy. Not as rough. Not as much purging at all. Um... And uh, I remember when it was over, they asked me, how did I do? Because everybody's wanting to know if I was going to. And I said, well, she still kicked my ass, but it wasn't as bad as last night. You know, <laughs> I know I said, Mother Aya made me her bitch still, but it wasn't as bad as last night. Um, the third night, I saw Mother Ayahuasca. Mm. Uh, they call her grandmother. So I saw Mother Aya and they call her mother because she's a female energy and everybody will see her in their own way. For me, she showed up in the dollar bill, the I. The eye was, the eye looked like print, and then all of a sudden it went like real, mm-hmm. and the eye turned and looked at me, and I went, oh, and it wasn't scary, it wasn't weird, it wasn't anything other than an awareness and a reverence. She's here. Night three was incredible. It felt amazing. I saw snakes swirling like giant anacondas swirling the roof. I saw mm-hmm. the patterns of Peru. Like here's the thing, I'm nowhere near Peru. And I'm in immersed in the art and the architecture of Peru. Again, nobody can ever tell me that there's no divinity involved in what I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. For that culture, for them being on this earth, that was their connection to the source, right? Right. I think we um, have lost sight of that. I don't think it's a connected... I, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. And I don't have it that one is against the other. Right. I have it that our creator made it available to be more connected. Sure. If we chose to do it in the right way. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've experienced. So other than remembering the visuals, I didn't get it like, I didn't leave with a lesson. And then three days later, I'm driving down the road and this whole experience flashed. And it was like, it was all there. I had become my wife dealing with me in, uh, in a way that is her most frustrating. So I am... Uh, And I learned this sort of definition from Chris Powell. I am an omega. I'm not an alpha. I'm not very competitive. I'm not going to strut my stuff with my chest puffed out and want to fight anybody that comes in. I'm just, that's not who I am. Sure. I'm also not a beta. I'm not a, I'm not a worker bee. I don't just want to fall in line somewhere and be okay with that. Um, But I'm also not a pushover. So how do I fit? And I've always struggled with that until I had this really powerful conversation with um, Chris Powell. If you don't know Chris Powell, he's the guy from the show Extreme Makeover Weight Loss for any of your listeners. Yeah, we'll link him up. Yeah, he's, been a, he's become a really good friend of mine and, and uh, mentor. So uh, he was explaining this concept of Omega. Omega. Omegas can be with anybody. 
and be in such a way that your intentions are accomplished. <laughs> so you can have a conversation with an alpha to have your, your interest accomplished. And you can have a conversation with a beta in a way that serves them. Mm-hmm. Either way, you're serving them and getting what you need out of it to be fulfilled. Sure. And so my wife hates that. And so we actually have a code word. If I'm doing this to her, she says Omega (laughs) so that I can pull myself out of not knowing. Right. But what that means is I will talk circles around her until I get my way. Right. Without knowing I'm doing it. You're going to force forcefully enroll her forcefully enroll her only because I'm relentless. Sure. And so I became her and I dealt with me in that context, in the context of the ayahuasca ceremony In the, uh, in the context of being, and Omega circling, circling, circling to give in. So I'm in, so what I remembered that came later during that ceremony, at some point I had an experience of me being her. Mm-hmm. And, and even when it came back to me, it was as if it was happening as if it was happening then, but I, but it wasn't. Okay. So I became her and I knew I wasn't her. That's the context of ayahuasca concept and out of this world. I knew I wasn't my wife and everything I was feeling was how feeling as her. So I'm her dealing with me and how lonely and helpless that feels. Mm. None, none of, nothing I've ever done to my wife has been abusive, right? So it wasn't like I was forcing her to do these things that she didn't, that, that wasn't morally right or anything like that. It was just, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a creator, so, and she is not at all. She would love for me to collect a nine to five paycheck. Right. So that's the context of our relationship. So I experienced myself dealing with me in that context and how lonely that felt. Gotcha. So it sounds like you received a tremendous sense of empathy, maybe huge sense of empathy for her situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's that w- the value of what comes out of that medicine. Gotcha. And that was your takeaway days after you said days after. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, there's a belief, which I subscribe to that ayahuasca makes an imprint on your DNA and it's not uncommon to experience things that you didn't remember days or even weeks after the, the ceremony, mm. especially if you're continuing to leave the cleanly life, the clean life, the clean foods, the sleep behavior, you know, stuff like that so that it can be present with you. Okay. Yeah. So it's not so much about what I'm taking from this and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong is it's mm-hmm. not so much about seeing things or the visual, mm-hmm. but it's more about finding the significance of what your experience was, no matter what that experience was yeah. in that, in that moment. Certainly. Right. Absolutely. So when you're having that experience, that first night of where you having basically some physical discomfort, some physical pain, you're vomiting, whatever the case may be, you're, are you coming away from that with a sense of this is meaningful because of X or are you saying, well, this is just a price I have to pay to get to night three. Yeah. Um, that's it for each individual. Okay. Cause the last time that I did ayahuasca, Mm -hmm. um, I just did one night and I went right in. <laughs> I drank, sat down. The shaman came out. I drank, sat down, and within ten minutes, I was purging. Mm. Like, and and by that time, in the I was in the same location, right? So by that time, I was sitting at the, you know, two o'clock position or even three o'clock position. And I went first within ten minutes, and I and I was still really, really scared because of my previous experience. Mm-hmm. So I was always I kept relating to that first night to every experience. And so I was thinking, Oh, I was so nervous, so nervous. And, uh, the shaman comes. And so when I purged, I went, Oh no, this is too soon. <laughs> Cause it's about a five hour process. Right? <laughs> right. And I just remember thinking, Oh no, this is going to be a long, a night. long night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The shaman came over and he goes, are you okay? And I, I'm like, I think so. And he goes, let me know if you want seconds. And I'm like, I might, need it because it's all right there. And he goes, no, it's not. I mean, literally I drank it, sat down, puked. And it was so like, how would it have any time to absorb? Sure. Oh, it absorbed. I mean, it's, it's a divine medicine. It was in. Mm. And as soon as he left me, he goes, let me know if you need me. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, oh, anytime somebody says that, that doesn't make (laughs) you even more, you know, and he didn't mean anything by it other than let him know if I need him. But in my head, I'm like, oh crap. What is that? (laughs) So he sits down and I just, I was gone. Really? And it was, I didn't take away from this experience anything other than I felt like grandmother was saying, you don't always have to be afraid of me. Mm. That's what I got from it because I was so afraid of her. And she gave me the most 
beautiful experience of, of living, breathing art creatures that you only see in the Amazon. I mean, do this. If you're listening, Google ayahuasca art. Notice that it all looks the same and they're leopards and they're jaguars and they're pink dolphins that are only found in the Amazon River that you're, somebody saw in some state in the U.S. and then drew a pic. Like, come on. I mean, you know, and uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's magnificent. It's like there's, it's hard to describe words. What you're seeing when I talk about art, there's not a, you're immersed Mm-hmm. So you, you can turn your head and you're going to be in this world. And my own interpretation of that is that we are all connected and the connection is the art is the art. Mm-hmm. Somehow the art has something to do. If you've ever heard the term collective conscience, mm-hmm. I think the collective conscience lives inside the art. Mm. It's the only thing I can think of because when somebody else shares with you the same things they saw and they're from the Amazon, and they were in their own experience, but you're seeing not the same storyline, not all of that, but the same visuals. Please explain to me what's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a little on the nose. Try to rationalize that away right, and sure. tell me that it's not true right? or that my brain made it up. Come on. Yeah, for so, sure. So that, that fourth night, the last time I've done this, that's what I took away from it. It was just, it was beautiful. It's amazing. Dude. Yeah. So tell me this. What are you... What did you go into the plant medicine world hoping to find, or did you have any expectations going in? Um, all I have been committed to is learning more about how I can show up um, more powerfully in the world for others. Mm. And so whatever that looks like, I'll go and search for it. So that's it, because I know there's more. Like I said, early on at 18, I realized there was something, mm-hmm. and I don't know what. And so I'm committed to keeping myself in integrity and clean so that I can uncover more of what that is. You know, I'm 36 years old. I got another, I've got more than half my life to live. So whether I'm doing what I think I'm being led to next year or in 30 years, I don't know. Right. I'm just going to keep going down this path of, um, of discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm intrigued by this because, you know, as you go through say landmark or mm-hmm. Psy or whichever path you go yeah, through, yeah. You're faced with yourself, right? You're faced with your stories, your programs. You bump up against them, right? And so I'm wondering if the plant medicine route is actually a way of sort of not necessarily bypassing that process, but facilitating it. Yeah. Is that, has that been your experience? So it was when I did mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Because so, you opened those with a Mormon guy from St. George, and yeah. I'm talking about ayahuasca mushrooms, and mushrooms. DMT, baby. Yeah, totally. And I'm laughing because I have nothing about it, and I know some people that might listen to this are going to be like, oh, my God. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's totally fine. I get it. I get it. AJ's off the farm, baby. Yep, I get it. Um, but what? So the first time I did mushrooms, I experienced conversation in a way that I was, a, I'm an, I'm, I was an observer. This was before I ever knew the term epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And... So after I started reading a little about a little bit about epigenetics, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I experienced epigenetics before knowing." So this this experience was, we were pitching our show for a t. We were pitching Rush Club for a TV show, mm-hmm. and I needed, I wanted some clarity because we had Eric Bischoff, former president of the WCW, wanting to have us sign a contract to pitch it. Right, and I was stuck with this decision because I had, you know, Eric's a great man. And he's a businessman in Hollywood. So right. I'll leave it at that. So I wasn't sure from what I was hearing which way to go. So I saw Dwayne Johnson at the head of this table, <laughs> at the head of a table, of a big conference table, and two people <laughs> sitting on each side of him, pitching him their ideas. Mm-hmm. And behind them was their family's history. And I knew it was because they were all wearing clothes of different eras. And I just had this feeling that they belonged to that person. Mm -hmm. And so what they were pitching to Dwayne was riddled with their own histories, insecurities of who they were, what they were capable of, what was possible for them, all of the things that bad had happened. Like they were showing up to the table with everything about them. Gotcha. What they didn't see was that Dwayne, the rock, had his own history behind him. And he was coming to the table with the same epigenetic history. And if I'm getting the terms mixed up, I apologize. I'm not an expert in any of this, but I, I believe epigenetics is the study of how our ancestors' DNA make an imp- ancestors impact or 
our ancestors' experience will make an impact or an imprint on our DNA and carry forward. Yeah, I think it's uh, environmental factors on your DNA. Yeah, yeah. okay, so, so similar to that, right? So mm-hmm. environmental factors, and they carry on, they carry on, they carry on, they carry on, right? Evolution, mm-hmm. epigenetics. And so yeah. uh, what they missed was nobody was listening for what would make an impact on him. You know, Dwayne Johnson's story's out there, seven bucks in his pocket. Right. Wanting to do the things he wants to do. And so they were pitching him from what mattered to them, not what mattered to him. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like <laughs> seeing all this. And so I'm like, okay. So when I have this conversation, I need to find out what makes a difference for him. Mm-hmm. But then I also saw, we were with a group and I saw two guys arguing over God. <laughs> and they were both <laughs> saying the same thing and they didn't realize it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just yeah, like, yeah. oh my I'm like sitting here, standing up with my arms crossed by this campfire, just laughing, smiling and laughing, like looking back and forth, watching these guys argue back and forth about their perspectives. And I'm just like, and they look at me like, what are you laughing? I was like, you guys are saying the same thing, but you're fighting about it. You know what I mean? It's like at its core, every human being is looking for the same experience in life. Mm -hmm. They're looking for connection and love Mm -hmm. and we wrap it around these different meanings. And so we get lost in it, you know? And so I think the creator of Landmark did mushrooms. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> I think that it's there's possible. this foreign language that only that only the seekers are connected to. Right. So when you read self-help books, they all have this tone of the same language. Mm-hmm. You know, you can read um, Joe Dispenza and Brendan Burchard and... Um, Napoleon Hill, and they're all kind of saying the same thing. It's, it, why do they know it and I don't? Well, what have they done they're not talking about? Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Mm-hmm. I just know that by doing these practices, I have connected with the things they're talking about, and it feels like that's probably what they did. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting, too, when you go back and you look at some of the histories of uh, these books, like uh, Joseph Murphy's, for example, like from the 40s, or Napoleon Hill from the early... 30s and ni- so yeah, forth. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um they're telling you things that science is now verifying <laughs> yeah. and they didn't have those tools. Right. So there's gotta be something. Right. To it. Yeah. Yeah. How did they know But then I also wonder, like, I know how staunch it was in that era. So right. there's, there's, I don't think you have to do these things to get there. Right. Right. Monks practice their whole life to get into that state. Mm-hmm. There are other practices that will help you get into those states without the use of medicine, plant medicines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some people are also inherently born. I think Steve Hardison has a gift to tap into that world with or without it, mm-hmm. right? As an example, I do believe there are probably Napoleon Hill. I don't think everybody that's talking in that way took some sort of plant medicine to see it. Sure. Um, and isn't it amazing that those who don't have those gifts have the opportunity to get that insight? A hundred percent. You know? hundred percent. There are documentaries, MEPS, um, is an organization. I wish maps, I wish I could remember the definition of it, but essentially it's a federally funded organization that are doing groundbreaking research on plant medicine. It's called MEPS. MEPS. Uh, nope. Maps. Maps. I mean, M A P S. Uh huh. So if you Google maps.org, we'll check that out. Yeah. Um, so they're the ones, they're part of who was behind the documentary shock to awe. Okay. And they took these two veterans and they put them through an ayahuasca ceremony. One of them, came out with complete remission in one ceremony of every PTSD symptom he had. He was actually at the documentary screening I went to. He was there. I'm a veteran. I know what it looks like to be a veteran in a group. And I also know what it looks like to be a veteran with PTSD in a group. He had none of those signs. Wow. It was as if he ever, never even joined the service. Hmm. Um, from the way he portrayed himself, hugging people he didn't know, smiling ear to ear, like unbelievable. Him and his wife both. They're both veterans. They both dealt with it. His wife went through MDMA with a with a, a guided MDMA with a, an approved doctor. Mm-hmm. But these things were done by this organization, MAPS. Okay. And so they're reversing the damage that was done by the D.A.R.E. organization back when we were kids. Right. Not everything belonged under that designation. And uh, anyway, so... Just do your own research. It's out there. Yeah, totally. It it seems to me that all of it comes back to whether you're going the plant medicine route or you're going the meditation route or you're going the study route. It's all about finding a way to get out of your own way. Right. Is that fair to say? Out of your own way and what are the intentions? Mm. I I think that those are the two things. What What am I seeking to have a breakthrough in for myself and I'm willing to 
see it for its truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's all the intentions. Right on brother. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. Well, man, I'm keeping you a long time. I'm going to have to have you back. Yeah. Um, that'd be we're, great. Going, we're coming up on two hours. Um, oh yeah. Dang, and that we could, fast. we could keep going. I know because uh, we're vibing on the same thing, <laughs> but, um, Tell me what you're up to, man. I know you're doing some stuff with Chris Powell. Tell me yeah. a little bit about that. Um, sure. I know you're going to be connecting with a lot of people, helping a lot of people. So mm-hmm. let's hear that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so Chris and Heidi um, brought me on to their organization. They have an organization now called Transform. It's an app. There's like 50, 40 to 50,000 users and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, the app has got nutrition guidance and exercise programs and all that kind of stuff inside of it. So they do. It's a really great. It's really good. And Chris designed it. He's actually a, um, an engineer as well, which most people just think he's a I didn't know that, pretty yeah. face that has a fitness degree. <laughs> no, the dude's brilliant. And so he's always had this vision for this app and it's very intuitive. It learns with the person it, it, it makes meal suggestions based off what you put in the day before. So mm. if you went over, if you ate your candy bar and you weren't supposed to, it says, we got your back. Here's how you're going to balance it out today. It's just always learning. Um, and so that's the foundation of the, uh, that's how the company started. But then we also offer coaching. So, um, I'm the assistant director in the program now with Heidi. Um, the intentions are at some point I'll just take over for her cause she's super, super busy, but, um, I'll take over and be the director of the program at some point. That's the intentions right now, but we serve, um, we are at cause of about 300 people transforming their lives, losing weight, mm. lots of weight you know, just like you would see on the show, extreme makeover, um, anywhere from, you know, and, and honestly it's anywhere from 20 to 30 pounds all the way to four or 500 pounds that they weigh. And what we do that's different is our coaches are trained to talk about the diet and exercise, but that's like 10%. Mm-hmm. It's the mental emotional, like we've been talking about. It's the things you're saying about yourself. Um, in, in, uh, in full transparency, before I started coaching with them in season three and four, I used to look at people who are obese and think they were lazy. Even fam- family members, like, come on, you guys. Are Once I started working with them in season three, what I became very clear on is that their addiction is to food is a cover-up for traumatic experiences in their life. No different than somebody who turns to alcohol or drugs or you name it. it the only difference is they wear it very plainly. But that is exactly where they're at. They're wonderful, beautiful human beings that had some real stuff happened to them Um, or they just got lost along the way. So what we do is help them discover what it is in their past that's keeping them from losing weight and keeping it off. Mm -hmm. Most of them have done programs that have worked. And then as soon as they leave the program, they are right back where they started. So it's not because of the things they know and it's not because of the things they know they don't know. It's because of the things they didn't know that they didn't know about certain areas of their life that have them stuck. And so our coaches are trained in a way to listen for that and help them have breakthroughs in those areas so that when they lose the weight, because it's all part of the process, but when they lose the weight, it's lasting mm-hmm. because they know why they had it on in the first place. Right. And so um, I'm working with them now. I have about uh, 26 of my own clients. Um, I was on my way to 60 when I was offered the opportunity to be the assistant director. So we halted my, my client growth so that I could focus on the clients that I had and help them while developing the program. And, um, what's interesting is prior to everything falling apart in November, um, falling apart prior to the bankruptcy and everything going away in November, I saw myself as I'm not an administrative person. I, that's not me. Like it freaked me out being accountable for that kind of stuff, setting a schedule and being responsible for my calendar and all these kinds of things just scared the hell out of me. And, um, and then I, uh, I've always been learning and processing, but then I, I delivered a lesson to my clients about, um, uh, imposter syndrome. And it was as impactful for me to prepare for as it was for them to receive it. And so for those who don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's when despite external evidence of you being great at what you're doing, you can't internalize it. And so you feel like a fraud. You show up to work or your relationship or whatever, like a fraud, like Mm -hmm. it's only a matter of time before somebody finds me out, you know, and really where that comes from. And this is what I connected with in the lesson um, that I was preparing is that it comes from a, an unwilling, 
a, a lack of and an unwilling um, desire to develop yourself in an area that you're weak in that would make a difference. So now it's on me. And it always is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> it's my calendar. Mm. Like, I hate not being there for people. And I'm not, I wasn't doing the things necessary to keep showing up as reliable. And so I would, as a people pleaser, I would say yes to everything and somehow know in the back of my head, there's no way I'm going to be able to fulfill on that <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? I and exactly so, what you mean. So that's where the development came from. And I learn with my people as I grow. The, uh, you know, I just tell people, listen, the only difference between me and you is I might be five months ahead. I might be five years ahead on my development, but I'm not special. I'm not magic. That's good news for all of us <laughs> that to know there's a process. That is great news for everybody. I just yes. didn't, I didn't just get lucky with your, you and your transformation. It's right. duplicatable. It's teachable. Mm-hmm. So that's beautiful, man. Such important work and yeah. such an important observation that it isn't physical. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something going on for that person that needs to be addressed prior to them having any long-term success. So kudos on taking that on, man. It's super yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. So at this point in your life, man, tell me what does success look like for you? Ooh, that's a good question. Success is providing for my wife and kids mm. period. Beautiful. That's it. You know, my wife, my, we were talking about this the other day because it's not been easy for her to hold down the fort, mm-hmm. you know, seven years of owning a gym and then try and rush club. My wife's had to go back to work a couple of times mm-hmm. and leave because I've convinced her that it's going to be okay just to have it not be okay. And so at this point, um, I have this really strong desire to bring back rush club and it's not time. I'm very clear on why it didn't work and what it will take to make it work. And unless that shows up together, it's not a distraction. And part of that is a salary for me for whoever wants to, to revitalize it. Right. Cause <laughs> right, exactly. I'm serving my wife first. Right. And fortunately I find myself in a position where I, I have the passion for it while serving her. But what we talked about was se- that's th- the seven years was my education. I'm a high school dropout and seven years of running a business and learning all of the things that I learned from the failure because I had the presence of mind to see what was there mm-hmm. is why I'm able to take on the role of assistant director and confidently become the director someday in an area where I never thought I would ever end up. Right. And now it's easy for me to say no to areas that I would otherwise say yes to uh, because saying um, one of our coaches, Melanie Sherman, she said, she presented this thing that anytime you say, you know, it was a reminder, it, whatever you say yes to means you're saying no to something else. So if I say yes to this, I'm probably saying no to my wife and my time with my kids. Mm-hmm. So success for me at this point is providing for them. And then just being present with my development and serving others and let, letting, letting the sort of the universe guide me on what's next. Beautiful, man. I appreciate the clarity of purpose around that statement. It makes perfect sense. So before I ask my last question, tell these folks how they can connect with you. (laughs) You can't. (laughs) (laughs) My email address is aj at dreambigplaybigger.com. I I have left social media. I haven't deleted my social media, but I've left social media because part of my discovery is no distractions. Uh, I had a meeting earlier today with Heidi Powell and she's like, okay, we want everybody to post these this marketing on your Facebook page and I look, or your social media. I looked at her. I'm like, what if you don't have one? And she goes, what? And I'm like, I turned it off and she goes, what? <laughs> Cause it's like to do this day and age for people to turn off their social media is like, there's something wrong. Yeah. It's unheard of. And I said, Heidi, do you want me to be successful as your assistant director? And she goes, yeah. And I said, then I can't have a reason to scroll mm-hmm. because I don't have, I don't, my week, one of my things is time management. I'm developing myself in that area. And when you want to develop yourself, you say no to the things you know will distract you. So for me, I don't have the strength to have Instagram and not kill myself with, kill my time with scrolling through the search button, you know, or even just my newsfeed. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm off it for, I have no set time. I'm just off it. And another part of it is not just being developing myself and where I'm at. I want to see if I can remember what it was like before it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I, for the first time in seven years, I don't need it to promote my business. That was the big thing. I've wanted to do this for a long time, but when you own a gym and you're trying to get the work, I mean, you, it's necessary that somebody does some sort of social media for your business. And if you can't hire it out, it's gotta be you. And everybody's pushing this personal brand, you know, and I don't disagree with it. I'm just saying you probably should be careful with it because, uh, that's, that's a slippery slope, right? 
And so you can get a hold of me at AJ at dreambigplaybigger.com. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like the old man now. The easiest so. guy to get in touch with there. Yeah, One totally. spot, right? I love One that. spot. No, but there's a huge lesson in that. And I, I appreciate you sharing that because I think a lot of people, a lot of us can benefit from at least limiting that time. The yeah. most recent stats I saw something like eight hours a day, just mm-hmm. flipping through social. I mean, come on, that's, that's your entire life. Give yeah. me a break, you know? Yeah. So last question for you, brother. Okay. How do you define wellness? Ooh, that's a good one. Those last questions are always like, eh, let me throw you off the hook. No, it's good. <laughs> I define wellness as a balance of your spiritual, your emotional, and your resources. And if the place you live in is, that's money, then it's money. If it's, um, you know, if you happen to live off grid, then it's you're responsible for your resources so you can survive. But wellness to me is the, the, the spirituality, the physical side, and then the financial side. Um, those three areas, I think if I have a handle on those three, then I'm balanced mm. because if I'm, if I'm super healthy and I, that means I'm spending all my time in the gym that I'm missing out on relationships or time with, um, the spiritual side. If I'm all about the holistic and I'm walking around barefoot with long hair, but I'm holding a sign on the corner cause I haven't been responsible for my resources, then I'm out of alignment there. Right. Um, if it's, um, obviously my family's a big part of it. So I, I put my family with my spiritual side cause they're just, they, they're my, you know, my wife, my three daughters, they're just, I can't be spiritual without my connection to them, but I can be all about my family, turn everything else down to spend time with them and not have the resources to provide for them. Right. So I look at it this way that there needs to be this, this well-rounded balance. And if I'm getting too far into one way, then I'm out of balance. And I, I'm really cautious about making sure that's clear, man. That is super powerful. I don't mm-hmm. think I've had anyone frame it that way yet. So mm-hmm. thank you for doing that. Yeah. And yeah. thank you for being on today, man. I thank appreciate you. you coming up. I know it was a little bit out of the way. It's all right, man. So it's hopefully great. it was worth your, oh. your, worth the trip and, uh, hopefully you can come back on yeah. and we can go deeper into some of these concepts. Maybe after I've done a little plant medicine, Yeah, there you we go. can compare some stories, but, uh, on behalf of AJ Richards, guys, this is Jason Archer signing off. We'll see you in the next episode of Hardwater Radio. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks guys. So that's going to do it for today's episode, guys. I want to send a big thank you out to AJ for spending so much time with me and send a big shout out to you guys for tuning in and listening and pulling this content into your own life. And by all means, the best way you can say thank you is to put the tools to work. Obviously, knowing the information is one thing. Doing something with it is something completely different. Help us grow this tribe by liking and sharing this content. Leave us a review. That definitely helps us get penetration. And if you are continuing to vibe on this stuff, guys, look for new episodes every single Wednesday. If you'd like to collaborate and have a story you want to tell, just send me a message to jason at hardwater.com and I'll be sure and respond and reach back out to you guys. So until then, remember your future and I'll see you in the next episode. Take care.